Welcome to another podcast from Fix My Project Chaos. My name is Elise Stevens, and today Andrea O'Halloran is going to be talking about what not to do from a stakeholder engagement perspective. Hello, Andrea. Hi, Elise. Now, Andrea, you are a diversity and inclusion consultant. You help organisations improve their diversity and inclusion. I certainly do, yes. Which is a, a broad topic and it, conclude, it includes many different components of different things about helping organisations be better, I think. Yes, yes. It is a broad, a broad topic, but there are many soft skills that are really, really important aspects of diversity and inclusion that are very applicable for project management and, and organisational change. Andrea, we always hear about to engage your stakeholders, you do X, Y, Z, use this winning formula and you will have nirvana, stakeholder engagement nirvana. What are some of the things that prevent meaningful stakeholder engagement? Uh, Elise, I think there, there's a number of things that, that can prevent that uh, that meaningful engagement. I think a lot of it is is not rocket science. For example, when when a project manager has has been involved in in similar projects before and knows just exactly what needs to be done in order to to meet objectives, sometimes does not fully brief the team on the specific desired outcomes or may skip over some really important details, there's a certain amount of implied knowledge that that comes with the territory when you've we've worked on similar projects. So that's one of the things that can you know set you up for you know, a project to, to not succeed as, as well as it could. There are often insufficient resources are provided. They might result from the project manager who or, or who the project manager is answerable to. It may stem from inaccurate budgeting right from the, the outset. It might be because a specific tactic has been actually used to sabotage the project from the top or even the, the project manager, and that's an interesting one. Sometimes when a project manager has accepted a role or a contract, without sufficient understanding of the, the specific desired results, and sometimes it can become clear to the team that the project manager doesn't really have a full understanding of, of what it is that they're trying to achieve. Maybe insufficient information was documented up front. The project manager could have made assumptions in the first place. And as these assumptions unravel, it becomes very confusing for the team. And of course, they lose credibility along the way. Sometimes there's been a lack of opportunity for stakeholders to provide input into the initial planning stages of the, the project. And lastly, sometimes there's a lack of skills, the actual necessary skills to carry out the project by the team members. Well, they're all very meaty reasons or things that can prevent you from having meaningful stakeholder engagement, Andrea. Yes, yeah. I, I think uh, 
when I started off and I said, you know, a lot of it's not not rocket science. It's all about communication. It's all about good communication. I mentioned a lack of skills to carry out the, the project by the team members, but it's communication skills that that coordination, that coordination sort of role that a project manager holds, which is quite possibly one of the most important things. You'd be surprised at how many project managers don't communicate clearly about the outcomes of the project or different things that other team members may need, other vitals. I liken it to sometimes I say to my husband, we're doing X, Y, Z, and he looks at me blankly and as if to say, you haven't told me this. Now, it's 50-50 whether I've actually told him and thought that I told him that <laughs> <laughs> we were yeah. actually doing this. Yeah. But sometimes as project managers, we can think that we've advised that or Perhaps we, as project managers, have taken her on board and thought, you know, people don't need to know that. I'll just do that whole task thing. Bill, you do task one. Brendan, you do task two. And Millie, you do task three. And never really presenting the big picture to everyone so that people get engaged with that big picture. Yes, look, it's interesting you say that. I think in, in addition to what you've just said, you know, sometimes not all the stakeholders have been consulted in the project from the outset or all the team members. So that there's two aspects. That lack of initial buy-in, you know, may not have occurred because that because of the lack of consultation. But secondly, without having that broad overview of desired outcomes for the project, a little bit difficult for everybody to contribute to the absolute best of their ability. So it's all very well and good for people to go off and do piecemeal parts of the project, but without having that that full overview, I don't believe people are as effective as they possibly can be. I agree with you, and I think that it's an area that a lot of project managers can improve on. One of the things that I've seen in the past is when your project sponsor doesn't want you to engage with everyone that may be impacted for for their own reasons. So you get caught in a catch-22 situation yeah. where you know that you should be talking to Fred from Accounts Payable but the project sponsor is saying, oh, you know, don't worry about them. You don't need to go and consult with them. And you're like, well, what do I do? It has happened to me on a number of occasions. It does leave you in a very tricky situation. Mm, absolutely. And I think that by not having open dialogue and being trusted by everyone that is associated or impacted by the project, it really does prevent meaningful stakeholder engagement from happening. And I guess the it comes down to yourself as as project manager to position yourself such that you're able to have these conversations with the people that you are reporting to so that they understand that the ramifications of you of all of the stakeholders not having all of the information what might be some of the negative outcomes as a result of that or it might be that you know project takes far longer to actually conclude 
as a result of not everybody having the information. You know, there's a there's a myriad of possibilities from keeping that information from all stakeholders. So if you're in a position where you can have some very frank conversations, well, that's obviously where where you'd like to be. The politics sometimes is such it's a, it's a fine balancing act as to whether or not you're going to have that uh, ability to have those conversations. It's very tricky. I found that you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. And do you incur the wrath of the project sponsor in this particular situation who obviously had their own agenda going on for whatever reason? Or do you be more inclusive and get the outcome that's required? It's always a tricky one. It is, and and it really depends on your relationship with, with whoever it is who's either employed you or engaged you to to be the project manager. I would always say that the beginning of any relationship, and this might not be a new relationship, but at the very beginning of, of any relationship, one of the best uses of time is to build your credibility with that person so that when tricky conversations need to take place, you're in a much better position to actually have those frank and open discussions. I agree with you, Andrea, and I think that the problem is negated when you've been in the organisation for a longer time. Yes. You have a much wider network and so you can do things a lot more informally. Yes, I I agree with that. But on the other hand, sometimes when you've been in an organisation for a long period of time and you may not have spoken up, you may not have aired your true thoughts on X, Y and Z. Sometimes if that's the case, it's actually more tricky to have those really, really difficult conversations. So sometimes it can be an asset walking in as a, an outsider, as, as a newcomer and establishing that relationship quite quickly. And, and on the other hand, as you, as you say, sometimes it can actually be far more powerful if you've been within the organisation and you know the, the nuances of, of how everything functions. I think overall, though, it depends on your confidence as a project manager in yourself to know what the right thing to do is and to not be scared of potential ramifications and having the confidence and and being able to walk away from a, a a situation, a particular project, if if it gets to the stage where you know you might be compromising your ethics, for example, that takes courage. Andrea, what are the worst things project managers do that disengage their stakeholders? I think to begin with, not recognizing who all the stakeholders are in the first instance. Now, some stakeholders may be more obvious than others, but some, some may be overlooked or sometimes a, a project manager minimises their importance, the, the, you know, the importance of a particular stakeholder. The, the interesting thing about that is that sometimes it's these stakeholders that, that can be overlooked or, or minimalised. They're the ones that can often make or break a project. I agree and I've seen that so often that people trivialise particular segment or group within the organisation. Oh, you know, don't worry about them. They're kind of like not important. Then as the project progresses, as you're delivering through, 
they pipe up and say, well, what about X, Y, Z? And then you're thinking, oh, no. <laughs> I think that comes back to a point that we, we touched on earlier, and that was that when only some, and this might be quite purposeful or or just by neglect, when some or not all stakeholders have been consulted or not all of the team members. So that lack of initial buy-in. But I think it's more not actually having a full appreciation for who all the stakeholders are and, and what important role each of those stakeholders actually play. And no matter who your stakeholders are and where they fit in the organisational structure, taking time to go and talk to them and explain, oh, you know, we're doing Project XYZ, not sure how it impacts you, here are my initial thoughts and getting their input into how they perceive how they're going to be impacted by the project, what they view their impacts to be, is such an easy thing to do and you're winning friends, you're developing that trusted relationship. Mary's come to see me and we've talked about it. I trust that she's going to keep me informed. I think you've just touched on on at an important point, just said, you know, and I trust that that she will keep me informed. The process of, of being kept informed now does need to be formalised. So, you know, all of these verbal conversations that take place still need to be documented in terms of in terms of reportables, in terms of outcomes, in terms of having everything that is is transparent for everybody to to actually see. So it's more than just hoping for that communication to continue, but having a process where that communication is ensured because it's documented as needing to occur. I agree. I think that perhaps one of the things that we do badly as project managers is to keep things closed and opaque for our own reasons by only being transparent and open about what's going on can we really be a trusted advisor and and coming back to what we've touched on before and being secure in in your own leadership there might be occasions for for people to you know to question method or question a particular process but being being confident in your ability and being confident in in a particular process and being able to communicate the reason why X, Y and Z has been agreed upon and having the confidence to to stick to that in, in a situation where somebody might be challenging you. Andrea, one of the things that I've consistently seen over the years is that when one person in a team designs a technical part of the project or a major technical component and they do it by themselves, that other members of the team will openly sabotage that particular approach and cause project overruns and cost delays due to questioning of the design. And our teams are are part of our stakeholder pools as well. And being inclusive and working together to design something, especially around technical components of a project, it's the only way, I believe, to get true engagement and to stop the bickering and infighting that happens on projects about best technical solution, the optimal technical solution we're going to deliver to our customers. 
I think it it still comes down to that that initial briefing with all of the team members and that initial buy-in. So your team has a, a really good understanding of why the various team members are there working alongside them, what their particular skills and strengths are and, and how they are going to best complement each other in this particular project team. If all of that is discussed up front, people have got that full appreciation, I think you're in a, a, a much better situation for those personal vendettas, you know, not to occur. But, you know, usually these sorts of negative instances occur when people feel threatened or they feel that they're being undervalued or they feel that they're being underused. There isn't that common goal. There isn't that common approach. Things might not have been documented that the team can be constantly reminded of the reason why they're going and going down this particular line. So I believe that what you've just said, it all still stems back to really great communication in those initial phases of the project. I so agree with you, Andrea. No matter what project you're working on, whether it be a business-type project, a process-type project, a technical project, it all boils down to the same issues about transparent communication and mm. having great, effective stakeholder engagements. Absolutely. Transparent communication, absolute, absolute key. Andrea, what is your top tip for having excellent stakeholder engagement skills? There's probably two main areas that I'd like to share. Firstly, in terms of having those milestones, having those measurable outcomes, it's all very well and good to have them. But once they've been documented, you still need a culture that allows for readjustments to occur depending on what's been produced or what has been unable to be produced. I, I feel that digital disruption has added an extra layer of complexity to many projects. Sometimes we don't actually know what we need to know until we've gone so far into a project. So that project manager having the insight to be able to make those adjustments, having the confidence to do so doesn't necessarily mean that we've made a mistake or it means that we got it wrong in the, the outset. I just think things are far more difficult these days because there are so many you know, unknown variables. So creating that culture where... It depends on the size of the project, the length of the project, you know, whether or not this happens on a on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. But that constant checking in and reevaluating and, and making those those modifications, I think, is a really essential component for maintaining stakeholder engagement. Secondly, often you can have a lot of people that you could choose from to become part of your uh, your project team with the, the right sort of technical skills. But it's more the ability to, to work in a team, you know, those softer skills, that collaboration, which is really, really important. 
or having having a culture that's been fostered where you embrace everybody's diversity and inclusion. You as a project manager, you have a, an understanding of what may, you know what motivates your team. How can you make sure that they are best able to utilise all of the relevant skills for the project and not just certain aspects of them? How to get all your team members to work collaboratively, you know, using different ways of working, different ways of thinking, ensuring that everybody can feel like they can bring their whole selves to work on the project. And I think if we are able to bring our whole self to work on any given day, the outcomes are going to be far more uh, desirable. They're very good points, Andrea. My top tip would be to strive for openness and transparency in your projects. It can be challenging and being project managers, we need to shield people from the truth or just deal on a need-to-know basis. But perhaps that's old thinking and that maybe if we shared what was really going on with our teams, they might have a better understanding about what's going on and be more open and the same with our stakeholders. Mm. To, to add to that, I think I think there is a, a an older approach and a, a newer approach, and I think allowing ourselves to be vulnerable in this sort of situation actually establishes a, a far higher credibility with with the people that you're working with. Yeah, I know it's difficult though because sometimes. There's a lot of stuff going on with projects and you're trying to get the most bang for your buck kind of with your stakeholders and you've got to try and work out how to deliver the message that can be overly complex and complicated in simplistic terms but to give the flavour about what's going on. I think Mm. it's a, a struggle actually. Yeah, definitely. Andrea, thank you for your time today. It's a pleasure. It's been great talking to you about what things can prevent you from having meaningful engagement with your stakeholders. Thank you, Elise. That ends another podcast from Fix My Project Fails.